All right. Good to go. Did we lose Michelle? We lost Michelle. Uh oh. Oh no, we should <laughs> please find Michelle. Here she is. There she is. Yep, she should be coming right back in. My back. You're back. <laughs> Where did you go, Miss? Um, uh, that little message box popped up on the screen, and I'm yep. like, "Go away!" And I don't point and click accurately sometimes, so I accidentally threw myself out of the meeting. <laughs> so now that I have rejoined the meeting, I, the chairperson who can't point and click properly. We'll call the meeting to order at 7.04 p.m. Um, and to make it all official, I will read the script. This open meeting of the Library Board of Trustees is being conducted remotely consistent with Governor Baker's executive order of June 16, 2021, an act relative to extending certain COVID-19 measures adopted during the state of emergency. All members of the Library Board of Trustees are allowed and encouraged to participate remotely. The order allows Library Board of Trustees to meet entirely remotely so long as reasonable public access is afforded so that the public can follow along with the deliberations of the meeting. The public is encouraged to follow along using the posted agenda unless the chair notes otherwise. Members of the public who wish to view the live stream of this meeting may do so by going to Northborough Remote Meetings on YouTube via the link listed on the agenda. Ensuring public access does not ensure public participation unless such participation is required by law. This meeting will not feature public comment. I will now confirm that the board members are here by doing a roll call. When I call your name, please respond. Um, Mitch Cohen. Mitch Cohen, I. Mary Crowley. I'm here. Jim Hogan. Jim Hogan, hi. Nita Karanjkar. Charles Rakia is not here. Joan Scott. Joan Scott here. Richard Tucker. Richard Tucker here. And I, Michelle Wehill, am here. We also have with us this evening Library Director Jen Bruno and Librarian Deborah Hirsch. All right. So, with that out of the way, um, I do have one opening remark. And um, Joan Scott has informed me that she will be leaving the board at the end of her current term. So it expires at the end of April. Uh, so there will be another vacancy on the board at that point. And I'm sorry that Joan is going oh. to be leaving, but um, since she will be moving someplace slightly nicer, 
well, no, not nice with the North Road, but someplace with slight, slightly better, tiny bit better weather. Um, I can't complain. Uh, so anyway, team. thank you, Joan, um, for being here. But she, she has a couple more meetings yet. That's right. Okay. Okay. We'll miss you. Thank you for all your library service and trustee service and input and community service. This girl is busy. Yes. <laughs> and remember to come back for the next two meetings. I will. I Thank will. you. All right. So with my opening remarks out of the way, um, can I have a motion to approve the minutes of the January 11th meeting? I'll make the motion. Okay. All right. I second that. All right. Richard moved, Nita seconded. Any comments or cor corrections or anything? I forgot to ask that. If there are none, I will do the roll call for the approval. Mitch Cohen. Mitch Cohen, aye. Mary Crowley. Mary Crowley, aye. Jim Hogan. Jim Hogan, aye. Nita Kronchkar. Nita Kronchkar, aye. Joan Scott. Joan Scott, abstain. All right, Richard Tucker. Richard Tucker, aye. And Michelle Rehill also says aye. So the motion carries. Um, all in favor with one abstention. All right, moving on to the appropriations report. Shuffle paper as well as I point and click. Are there any questions or comments about the um, appropriations report? Kate sent that out to us today. I have a question. Uh, Jen, um, maybe this has been answered at a meeting before, but what is um, account number 5141 under salaries, which just says longevity? Um, that is just a line item for longevity pay for um, staff members who qualify. So you that's or something. <laughs> yep. It's yeah, it's just a small um like a stipend. Yeah, 10 cents. Yeah, it's, not a, it's not a large amount. <laughs> no, it's not a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Right. So and that goes to like everyone based on number of years of service, right? That's correct. Okay. I did have one comment. Um, oh, go ahead, Joan. No, I was just going to ask um, on the assistant substitute salaries. That was pretty high. I, could you just explain that or how that works? Sure. Um, if you actually look at the assistant substitute salary and the professional substitute salaries line together, that will give you a more accurate um, idea of what money we have set aside for substitutes. We're not currently using a professional substitute. Um, the substitutes we've been using are all falling under that assistant line. Um, so we've been using them more, but we've been using, we haven't been using um, a professional substitute in quite some time. Okay. So it looks overspent in one and underspent on the other, but they kind of balance each other. Okay, thanks. All right, any other questions or comments? I just had one comment um, just to kind of point out 
something that we've been having a discussion about. We started today and, and we'll probably continue over the next several months. Um, if you look at our line 5529, the non-print media, um, you'll notice we're only at 29% expenditure. Um, so I kind of took a look at what our, our DVD circulation stats have been and our audio books and our CDs. Um, and if you take a look at the statistics that I send out, the usage is, is declining. Um, and so I kind of did a breakdown and sent it to the uh, department managers of what the change has been since the, before the pandemic and now. Um, the stats are down significantly in those, um, for those collections. And they don't mirror, like our book circulation has come back to pre-pandemic levels. Um, our Library of Things is doing really well. Some of our other collections are, are doing fine. Obviously our eBooks and e-audio have done really well. So we started a conversation about whether we should be looking to allocate that money at least temporarily towards digital, so overdrive and, and kind of focusing on our overdrive advantage collection with that fund um, because there's less, it seems like there's less to order, especially with um, DVDs. Movies weren't made in 2020 or they were pushed back. So there just wasn't that much coming out. Um, things kind of got pushed to streaming services, which is- just gonna say kind of, that's a big thing. Is really disruptive um, to the way that we've been doing our collection development for movies um, in particular. What we're seeing is if we, if there's a show or a limited series on a streaming service that is released on DVD, it's doing really well because there's 400 different streaming services and you can't buy them all. So the series are doing well, um, but like movies are being simultaneously released on streaming and in theaters now. And sometimes like I know Prime doesn't always put their stuff on DVD. So there's, there's a little bit of a, um, a shift happening. And I think with our audio books in particular, Hoopla is just so much easier. Overdrive is easier. Once you try the platform, it's, you're not as likely to go back to CDs just because of the, it, it seems like a hassle where it never actually felt like one before. Um, so I just wanted to kind of point out like we're really underspent based on where it is in the year, but um, we're looking at short-term reallocations and then kind of like what we want to do long-term because we don't want to jump the gun if those circulations do come back, if the movie industry kicks up again, um, if people get sick of the fact that there's so many different streaming services, they might turn back to DVDs. Those patrons might come back that used to check out a lot of DVDs all at once, music and things like that. So we don't want to make any permanent changes right now, but we do realize that you know, we're going to be shifting the way that we spend that money. Um, and we had talked about, Deborah and I had a conversation today about Canopy, which is doing really well. Um, the usage is starting to increase. So we're going to need to allocate more money towards that. Okay. Got a related question. <clears throat> so things like Canopy and Hoopla, are the, the <clears throat> excuse me, those in the books and periodicals? 
line item and not the non-print media or are they elsewhere? They would have to be in the non-print media. Okay. Um, I, I think what Jen was, can I jump in, Jen? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I think what Jen was saying about the, the canopy in particular, when we first introduced the, the, um, the service, it didn't have as many people participating in it. And now there are more numbers and also people checking out more films than they used mm -hmm. to. And the other thing that's happened with Canopy as a company, two things, actually. First of all, they've acquired some of the bigger, they, they've acquired some of the bigger movie houses backlists. So now the Paramount's part of it, Lionsgate. And those costs to stream per movie are slightly higher than their original um, independence and foreign films. So our, our invoices from them, our monthly invoices from them are creeping up. And it's only going to get bigger, as Jen had noted, not only for the popularity of streaming services, but because Canopy was now purchased by Overdrive and it will eventually be discoverable through our library catalog. Oh, I didn't know that. So it's just, it's always been there. It's just now going to take a bigger slice like the Overdrive will too. And I will also add that Canopy has definitely improved what is available. Oh yeah. In the last mm -hmm. 30 days, it, I can't believe how much they've added. So they really have improved a great deal. Yep. And I didn't and, realize the purchases that they made, but mm. it's obvious. Yeah, I've discovered yeah. that they're the only place online of, of any streaming service to get a lot of Hitchcock films, which is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and okay. I think their partnership or their, their ownership by Overdrive will just kind of push them more into that mainstream. Hoopla is doing similarly interesting things. Um, they're looking at different models of purchasing. So right now you subscribe to Hoopla and you have access to everything um, and it's always available, but they don't have every single title. So they're looking at adding, um, I think they want to increase their ebook availability and they're looking at different models for um, circulating audiobooks. So um, including something that sort of mirrors what Overdrive does traditionally, which is, you know, one copy, one user. So things that aren't always available, but um, are not currently available on Hoopla because the publishers have held them back, not wanting them to be, you know, right now, anything that's available on Hoopla, we could all check out at the same time. So that means that like certain books, they've held back those titles for a while um, because they want to sell more copies. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're looking at adding another model that would kind of encourage people to go to Hoopla first um, and put some of those bestsellers on there. So it's something we haven't looked too far into because we do have overdrive, but I'm kind of keeping an eye on it just to see um, if it's something that our patrons would enjoy. I did enjoy it. <laughs> I pay my $2.99 to see things. So, <laughs> and it's still, it's like a reasonable cost, um, especially when you look at, you know, purchasing for overdrive advantage, the audiobook titles in particular, sometimes $160 for a two-year license or, you know, 
like $89 for 16 circulations or something like that. It's just, it's very high. So if Hoopla can beat that, then I'm all for it. <laughs> all right. Does anybody have any questions or comments about that issue or any other things on that report? If not, all right, we will move on to the library director's report. Um, I don't have any questions or concerns except, you know, awaiting the budget, see what it looks like. No Does concerns. Anybody... No, hmm? not for me. Nothing, nothing. I have one, uh, I have one question. It's in the uh, next to the last paragraph. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's apparently something I missed. <clears throat> but the, uh, the, um, <coughs> sorry. Uh-oh. The Greater Worcester Found, uh, Community Foundation has that in fact been approved and we're into it? Yes. Because I know there was some question about it initially from the uh, from the town. No, um, we have, the, the uh, fund was established. <coughs> uh, the issue was that we thought that we had fund, we had some funds that we put aside that we thought were going to be able to go there. But because the funds are already in the town, the uh, not the town's portfolio, but it's already in a managed fund for us, and it's the same one that the whole town uses. Um, so we are by law prevented from moving money from that fund to the Greater Worcester Community Foundation. So if we want to put money there, we can put it directly. Donations can go directly into that. Um, and again, um, it, it goes through the Friends organization, but it is, they hold it on behalf of the library and the library really controls what, what will happen to it once it gets big enough to start throwing off some money that we can spend. Did I get all that correct? Did anybody, anybody else have a? That's that's pretty much it. Yep. So we'll get at some point a an accounting an audit of of, the, of those funds. Uh, when when there's something to report, but yeah, I think um, we get that already. I think Jen, you must get that, or Kate gets that. But there isn't a lot of money in it. I mean, it's the, the money that the friends donated, the seed money that the friends put in. Um, is in there and some don't direct donations have been made. Um, but again, we haven't, we don't have enough in there to generate any, any income that we would be able to spend. Okay. That is correct. Cool. Didn't make up any facts that time. <laughs> All right. Um, I did have one thing to add or expand on from my report. Um, I had mentioned that it looks like programs in March will be a go. Same thing with our, our meeting, group meetings, I think will come back in March. The numbers, the COVID numbers look encouraging. 
we should say. Um, I was watching the Board of Health meeting, which was directly before this, and I had to log off before they actually voted, but it kind of sounded like they were ready to rescind the mask. Yeah, they did. I, I, I watched it right until I joined this, and uh, they, they did rescind it as of midnight tonight, essentially, 12.01 okay. tomorrow. That it's rescinded. Great. They're recommending masks be you know continued in public places, which just to be consistent with the state's recommendation since last May. And now that does not apply to town buildings. Um, the town does have its own separate mandate for town-owned buildings, so people will still have to wear a mask when they come in the library. Um, I've not really heard of a rush to to rescind that i'm sure they'll look at it again and make a good you know make a decision based on staff safety which i know is uh john Cadere's number one concern with you know that's sort of prompting the mandate is is keeping all of the staff safe and healthy um but it's encouraging to know that we'll we should be able to be on track to go back to programming um I did also have a very preliminary high level conversation with um, Kristen from the Board of Health about um, vaccines for children under five. Um, it looks like those are gonna be approved fairly soon or, or have been approved. I'm not entirely, I don't wanna lie one way or the other, but th those are coming. Um, and we had a, a very high preliminary early conversation about perhaps doing that vaccine clinic um, run by the Board of Health at the library on a Monday morning before we open so that we're not disrupting services um, and they can kind of utilize all of the different spaces on the first floor. Um, it does seem like a good fit um, to do it. That's a population where, you know, they've been doing most of their clinics at the senior center, um, or at the schools, which don't really seem like a good fit for the under five population, but sure at the library, um, it's a warmer, kind of more familiar place for kids. Um, so I might have more information about that fairly soon. All right. Were there any other questions about the library director's report? Actually, I had one question. Um, the um, the repairs in the old part of the library. Are there any punch list items left on the paint, or is that complete? Um, I believe it's it, complete. Okay, so when I was in a few days, maybe a week ago, um, mm -hmm. it looked like there were some pretty rough spots up at the very top of the windows. Okay, um, it's hard for me to tell because those are way higher up than my eyes. So it could have been an optical illusion as to what I was seeing. So um, just wanted to ask about that. Um, I love the idea of holding a vaccination clinic for the little kids in the library. That's wonderful. Yeah, I think it's, it seems like a really good idea, a no brainer really for making kids feel comfortable. Um, and with your, to your point about the pain, I'll double check. And if I can see anything, I'll just bring it to Sean's attention. I'm sure they can get it touched up. Okay. All right. Any other questions or comments from anyone? If not, it was, uh, I just wanted to say it was interesting getting the um, children's report in the team room. 
report as opposed to having numbers with all words because they didn't have programs. It's very sad. And thank you for the adult services report as well, Deb. Any old business? I don't think there's anything else that we had left over from before. Um, under new business, we're talking about the building and grounds committee meeting. Does the building and grounds committee want to make any comments about this? Uh, there will be a buildings and grounds committee meeting uh, one week from tonight. Um, and uh, I don't know if Sean is available to, to join us for that. If not, that's okay. We're, we'll meet either way. And I would encourage the building and grounds committee members to maybe come to the library some point in advance since the meeting will be over Zoom and just sort of look at the entry space. We're going to be starting to, to do the think about um, how that whole entry area might potentially be reorganized. So it'd be good to have the current layout fresh in our minds. All right. And the building and grounds is Mitch, Joan, and Charles. Correct. All right. Check that one. Thank you for that update. Um, we look forward to your report. Is there any other business that we need to cover? Questions, comments, concerns, kudos? Well, definitely kudos to everybody, but. Thank you. And, and Deb and staff. We do appreciate all that you've been doing and dealing with horrible weather and freezing temperatures inside the library. Um, hopefully that won't happen again. Um, Their building had a case of the Mondays again. <laughs> why? why? I think somebody sneaks in there and does it, but I think you also made the right comment. It's, it's Garfield. Our, can we rename our, our building Garfield? I um, hate Mondays. <laughs> appropriate. Jake, I had a quick question. I was in earlier today. <clears throat> we don't have any art exhibit up. Um, is there anything coming this month or it just couldn't, didn't come together for February? Nope, I couldn't get anybody for February. Um, still looking for, well, every other month this year. So if you know somebody who wants to put up a display. Um, that re that reminds me, I had uh, thought about that. And thank you, Mitch, for saying that. Um, how about Algonquin? They have a great art club there. They might be a, a someplace that you could approach. I meant to say that, Mitch, that was in the back of my mind. So good job. Good teamwork. Yeah, I great think that's, that's a neat idea. Yeah. Yep. Great suggestion. I'll reach out to them. Great. Um, Making notes or I'll forget. Okay. If there aren't any other questions or comments, um, the date of the next meeting is March 8th, 2022 at 7 p.m. March and the chair at this time would entertain a motion to adjourn. I'll make a motion to adjourn. Thank you, Mitch. And would someone like to second that? I'll second that. Thank you, Jim. 
and doing the roll call. All those in favor of adjourning the meeting at 731-ish. Uh, Mitch Cohen. Mitch Cohen, aye. Mary Crowley. Mary Crowley, aye. Jim Hogan. Jim Hogan, aye. Nita Karanjkar. Nita Karanjkar, aye. Joan Scott. Joan Scott, aye. Richard Tucker. Richard Tucker, aye. Michelle Rehill also says aye. The motion carries unanimously. So the meeting is um, adjourned at 7.31 p.m. And 